Well, who's had a good year? <laughs> Liars! <laughs> no one's had a good year. <laughs> no, you're allowed to have had, you're allowed to have had a good year. Uh, I, you know, I've shared pretty honestly in our church just about how I found this year, which was uh, pretty challenging at times. But the beautiful thing is that we live in the age of the internet, so we've got lots of internet memes that we can use to help with the healing process. And... Um, I saw a whole lot of these uh, this year that I thought were, uh, earlier, which I thought were really good. If 2020 was a scented candle, uh, 2020 was a beer, <laughs> if 2020 was an ice cream truck, uh, 2020 was a slide. <laughs> I love this one. If 2020 was a pinata, <laughs> uh, 2020 was a swing. <laughs> 2020 was some uh, bag of chips, orange juice and toothpaste. This is my favourite one. If 2020 was on toilet, <laughs> toilet paper. <laughs> some of us has felt like that, a little raw. Uh, it, has, it has been an interesting year, eh? And, um, and what's been interesting about it, it's been that sort of sense of a, of a universal experience of, of quite challenging times and... and um, isolation for some people during lockdowns, and um, and obviously we're in New Zealand, so we're like the envy of the world in terms of our COVID response and the freedoms that we've got at the moment. The fact that we can gather this morning is uh, is awesome, and uh, so you know. But even for for good old New Zealand, where it's been pretty sweet, it has been challenging at times. Um, and what's incredible about the story of Christmas is that Jesus wasn't born into ideal times. Jesus was born uh, into uh, really challenging times. In fact, one could argue that our experience this year has been pretty peachy compared to the challenges that Jesus was born into. He was born into this like um, a land that had an occupying force that, would, that had taken control of the land. You know, it would be the equivalent of Australia had taken over New Zealand and we were living under the horrible dictatorship of the Aussies or uh, worse, the Canadians or something. And, uh, and so you've just got this. So Jesus born into a bunch of people who have been really are living as exiles in their own land. They're born uh, with Herod as the leader, who's this massively insecure leader. He's uh, born into a place where there's no room at the inn, like he can't even find a, you know, they can't find a place uh, to, you know, for Jesus to be born that would be the usual sort of place. It wasn't, you know, the woman's hospital or the maternity ward. He's born into this really messy environment. He's got a perplexed teenage mum, a seriously confused teenage dad. Um, and almost immediately after he's born, he's got to be a refugee. They have to flee as refugees to Egypt which is a pretty giant turd burger of a year to get dropped into in terms of like Jesus' first moments. It's been really, really tricky. He's born into the reality of our stress and our craziness. And yet he does this. Um, he comes, and, and I was trying to say this last week, you've, you've got, you know, the, the, the insane reality of Christmas is that we remember that it wasn't just any random baby born, it was the God of the universe. That's the thing that's so intense because it's like there's, there's a myriad of ways that the God of the universe could have turned up and he turns up in incredible vulnerability and humility. Let me illustrate by playing this little video which uh, went viral a couple of years ago of these beautiful children that have to make a decision about what they do with uh, a couple of presents and so we'll play that and, uh, and it, makes, it makes a beautiful point. 
This year for Christmas, what are you hoping to get? A computer. Big, giant, Barbie house. A trophy case. Xbox 360. Minecraft Legos. What do you think your mom or dad want for Christmas? My mom would probably want a ring. She's never really had a ring. Jewelry. She loves jewelry. A new TV. Like watches. So, we actually did buy an Xbox 360. What in the world? I wanted this! Okay, you you really got this for me? A new laptop. Wow! It's a necklace! So we also bought a necklace because you said you also wanted to get a necklace for your mom or your auntie. The catch is that you can either get a gift for yourself huh? or you can pick a gift for your mom and dad. I need you to pick one. Now, now before you answer, oh, I bet that's hard. Is that a really hard question? Mm-hmm. What gift do you pick? I choose this. I gotta go with the ring. What gift do you pick? That one. That one. That dress. I'll choose this for my mom. I'll choose this one. It's a really tough question. I'll but give him this. You already know? Tell me why. Because Legos don't matter. Lego, your family matters. Not Legos, not toys, your family. So it's either family or Legos, and I choose family. I get gifts every year from my family, and my mom don't get anything. If I get a laptop, my mom will get something. She helps me when I'm sick. She helps me with my homework. She gave me a house to live in. They look out for me and do stuff for me, so I need to give back to them. Now I, I have the opportunity to give them something. Because you actually picked the gift for your family, you're actually gonna go home with both. Tell me how you're feeling. I'm feeling really happy and Why? thankful. Just happy, thankful. For your family, for what? My family, everything. You did make his decision, actually. And oh he picked the Pandora Charms. Oh, that is... You're gonna make me cry. So we you for me. Oh, it's for you. Thanks, guys. I was going to. Isn't that beautiful? Absolutely beautiful. And uh, here's, here's why that's so beautiful. It's because it's, it's showing what love looks like. And love looks like preferring the other. Now, there's a reason we've got kids from America on the screen and not my kids. I did not trust them to make, <laughs> or any of our Bay kids, I did not trust them to make the right decision, just quite frankly. But, uh, <laughs> but here's the beautiful reality of Christmas is that Jesus had a choice and He chose you. Jesus had a choice and He chose you. Like God, it wasn't like, you know, this was all scripted out. God chose you. And, he, you know, I wonder what the conversation was like up in heaven. You know, it's like, you know, we, we've, God's like, we've been pursuing these guys since day one. You know, they keep rejecting us. They keep walking away. We've kept sending prophets and sending kings and send, to draw them home. Guys, I think we're going to have to go. <laughs> Any volunteers, Holy Spirit, Son, you know. And it's like, you're going to leave the comfort of heaven. You're going to leave all the adoring angels. You're going to leave all of this. 
Why? We heard it in the, in the Scripture before. For God so loved the world, He gave His Son. It's a Scripture that's probably the most famous Scripture in the world, and it can lose its, its kick. But when you start thinking about it, it's extraordinary. He chose us. He chose us. He was born into mess. And I say this every year. I love it because he's not afraid of your mess or my mess. Hallelujah. The thing that rips my undies more than anything as a pastor is that people think you've got to be good to come to church. It's the biggest lie ever. You go to church because you know that you're dirty, you're messed up, and you need a Savior who's going to help start cleaning up your manger. That's what we're after. And this is what, uh, this is what Jesus does. He turns up. And he starts restoring, redeeming, healing, and he shows us what God is like. Hebrews says that he's the exact representation of God's being. If you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. Hallelujah. It's the good news. It's why the Gospels are called good news. The story of Jesus' life is good news. And, uh, and Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving, which is the good news again. He's the gift that keeps on giving. The best gifts are the gifts that keep on giving, right? Like, you know, I like consumables as much as the next guy. I'm going to eat my weight in chocolate over the next week. I'm definitely going to have a single malt or two. And, you know, I, but then you eat them and they're gone, you know. But the best sort of gifts are the gifts that keep on giving. I got a surfboard a couple of years ago for my birthday. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I've talked about my home theatre in just about every single sermon I, I get the chance to at Bay Vineyard. It's the gift that keeps on giving. I listen to those speakers and I'm like, oh, that's good. That's real good. The gift, Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. And when you meet him and when you choose him and when you yield yourself to his lordship in your life, he comes. And this, I, I love Jesus to pieces, but also he, he gets under your skin a bit and starts turning your life upside down and rearranging things. And it's, uh, it's beautiful and it's messy and it's annoying and it's wonderful all at the same time. That's what he's like. And he, I just, I land with this, that um, one of the, the greatest gifts of having Jesus as Lord of your life is that you get a new identity. And your identity is that you're loved by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator of the universe. He becomes your heavenly Father and you become His son or His daughter. That's what happens when Jesus is in your life. You get a brand new identity because there's three lies that we often base our identity on. I am what uh, other people think of me. I am what I do or I am what I own. And we could add to that, I am my worst moment or I am my best moment. But these are the lies that we believe about our, our identity. And all of we, like it's the, it's the universal human struggle. And, and I don't think we're ever completely free of this until we see Jesus one day face to face and he brings the work to completion, the Bible says. But what he does begin to do as you hang out with him is he begins to set you free. Because living under this is horrible. It's, it's ghastly. You're always vulnerable. You're always in a fragile place. But when your identity is in one loved by Jesus Christ, it's rock solid. And when the storms of life come, and they do, and they have this year for many of us, that uh, you discover that your life is built on a strong rock rather than on shaky sand. And so this is what the Lord wants to do in every one of us. He wants to bring us to a place of great freedom. Henry Nouwen said this, what, We are not what we do. We are not what we have. We are not what others think of us. Coming home is claiming the truth. I am the beloved child of a loving Creator. If Christmas says anything, it says this. 
You are the beloved child of a loving creator. That's who you are. And the journey of our life is learning to embrace that identity and for it to deeply heal us. Because we are not, uh, we are not what people think. This is the, probably the one I struggle with the most. I am what people think of me. There's, there's, you know, and, uh, and all of us will have one, all of us will struggle with all of them, but there'll be one that's a little, especially a little like, ooh, ooh oh, it's easy tiger, not, you know. But, but is, it, is it recognition? Or is it, I am what I do, that sense of achievement? Or is it, I am what I own, I have security because of all the stuff that I've done, uh, I've built up. We are beloved children of God. John 1.12 says that we are God's children. Ephesians 1.5 says that we've been chosen by God and adopted by Him. Philippians 3.20 says that we are a citizen of heaven. John 15 says that we've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. This is the great truth of who we are. This is the gospel. This is the good news. This is what we want to somehow say to the world, that, that God is not who you think He is. And God is not what some dumb Christians say he is either. <laughs> and it's certainly not what the media amplifies. God looks like Jesus coming into mess, coming into brokenness, coming in absolute humility and vulnerability. And he's the gift that keeps on giving. Choosing Jesus has been the best decision that I've ever made in my life. It's been the trickiest at times, but it's set me free. And slowly, bit by bit, year by year, I can walk into the great freedom of my identity in Christ that says, I am loved. And this little baby in a manger shows how far God is willing to go to reach people like me and to reach people like you. Let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you came into a mess of a world, a mess of people, a messy people. And, uh, and thank you that you came in such humility, vulnerability, and dependence. Uh, and that you came and showed us what it looks like to live a, a perfect life, a life of love, a life of grace, a life of mercy. And uh, Lord Jesus, we ask that you'd help every one of us to come to that place of freedom uh, where we know whose we are. Lord, that our identity wouldn't be in what people think of us or in what we do or in what we own, but Lord, supremely our identity would be that we are loved by God. We are a beloved child of a loving creator. And so, Lord Jesus, we worship you this morning. We welcome your presence here. And we look forward to that glorious day when you return, not in obscurity, but in glory. And until that day, may you help us keep our eyes fixed on you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.